Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Melissa, and today we're gonna to be talking about how to come back from serious injury or surgeries. And we're gonna be talking about uh, the post-surgery timeline for anybody that's experienced or knows they are gonna to have to have a serious surgery up in the future, or someone that has a injury that's kind of a nagging injury, and how to know whether you can fix that thing, whether you can fix that thing with a coach, whether you need to fix that thing with a physical therapist or an orthopedic, and what is gonna be the best approach for that. So I think we should start this discussion by just talking about and kind of separating the difference between like an acute injury and a chronic injury and helping people to get some context around that and when surgery may or may not be involved in those things. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's important to identify that acute injuries are something that usually happens suddenly. Um, they're, they're brought about by an event that's usually something you can say, it, this is the thing that did mm -hmm. it, like an ankle rolling or a car accident, something sudden and quick. Yeah, my back caused. went out the other day while I was deadlifting, you know, or uh, I was playing soccer and I pulled my hamstring. Those are all very acute yeah. instances you can point to. And they're usually something that you can recover from rather quickly without a lot of intervention. It's usually like rest, ice, mm -hmm. all the all the rice things. <laughs> and it's three to four weeks out with getting out of inflammation, getting out of that sudden phase, that inflammatory response that happens in your body. And, and that will usually take care of that problem. Yeah, there's actually some... Uh, a lot of stuff going around about the potential downfalls of ice because of how it like limits your body's natural inflammation process. Inflammation is part of that healing process. Um, but basically the point being in an acute setting, there's a lot of inflammation built up. And before we start doing any type of corrective exercise or figuring out what next steps are, you probably are going to need to let some of that inflammation subside, some of that initial healing begin. So while that's taking place, we'd still throw you in this like acute category where you're, you're still waiting for that initial inflammation to, to pass. Now, acute stuff, acute instances can turn into chronic issues. So if your acute instance happened three, four, five, ten 10 years ago, it's no longer an acute injury. It was at one point, now it could potentially be a chronic thing. Yeah, the chronic stuff is more like, oh, I have rolled my ankle a bunch of times on the same side and it keeps happening. Or the, I throw my back out every time I snatch, so I'm not gonna snatch anymore. Those are the things that are underlying issues that aren't addressed, that aren't identified, that we really need to dive into or have an intervention. Or those long-term things like every time I ski or every time I kip swing, I have this grinding pain in my shoulder. Mm -hmm and then avoiding those things because they are the cause of this inflammation instead of looking at those patterns or looking at what's going on inside that socket. Yeah, and, and that's where a coach could potentially come in to help. And I think where we're most effective as coaches versus when we might refer someone out to Zach, our in-house physical therapist, or a doctor or someone like that is usually when it's, it, it's um, it's on and off. Mm -hmm. So it fluctuates. Hey, my back gives me issues. You know, last week it was really flaring up. It was bothering me, but this week it's not so bad, you know, or I had that ankle injury a few years ago, rolled it again a few months back running, and now it's feeling a little bit better, but it's still not a hundred percent. Or last time I ran, my shin splints flared up again. You know, you could argue that maybe that's an acute thing, but generally something like shin splints, it wasn't 
you know, a single step you took that activated that. It was a lot of volume that built up in a, a movement pattern that clearly your body didn't like that now it's turning into this more chronic thing. And usually in those situations, we have the ability to help because you've, you've seen those moments where it's improved, but nothing's really stuck. Nothing's really lasted for you. Yeah, I think it's important to note two things. There are acute injuries that happen suddenly that do immediately require surgery. Like there are things in car accidents or a sudden pull of the bicep tendon away from mm -hmm. like rupturing tendons, things like that, where there, it's not rest, it's not compression, <laughs> it's not elevation, it's not three to four weeks out of the gym. It's a lot bigger than that. But then there's the other flip side of it, of those chronic things that happen of like you were just saying <clears throat> of like your shoulder or something where it's every time I do this I get this kind of pain but I can kind of move through it those things can add up to a big surgery as well if we, yeah. if we don't intervene or if something doesn't happen so we can get into that realm of big injury from acute or big injury from chronic really fast yeah and and typically that type of person is going to be someone who's constantly having to modify in the gym you know i can't run on running days i have to row instead or i can't do box jumps or jump rope because of this reason i need to do this stuff instead or i have to squat to a box because this thing is limiting me when i really should be able to squat full range of motion so generally that person is still able to do a lot of things in their life they're still able to show up to the gym regularly they're just missing that last 10 to 20%. And there's probably things that they're opting out of because of it, you know? They're, they're not joining a sports league because of this thing. They're not going out and playing in a pickup basketball game or, um, you know, participating in, in, in sports with their kids because this thing is there. And, and maybe over the years, they've, they've started to opt out of more things and it's become so, such a habit for them and such the norm that they've forgotten how much they've opted out of. And that's really common where people just have gotten away from stuff that they enjoy and it's just so normal that they don't even think about what they're now missing in their lives and the things that they want to have back. The most important thing I think about when you're saying that is the people who have, like this takes us one step closer towards decrepitude when we start to kind of accept these things. It now becomes, I have to use a step stool every time I take this out of the shelf because I'm unstable on my feet or I have to lean up against something as I'm brushing my teeth or those little moments where, okay, my balance isn't there because I have this strength imbalance or because this hurts me in this way, I can't pick up my kids. I can't, now I can't pick up my grandkids. And it just leads further into this. Not that we're just trying to fight the grave altogether, but we should be able to do some of these things that we're not doing. And it's not just about playing sports. It's about living daily life to the fullest. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely the, the start of a trajectory that most people, especially the people in our gym, don't want to be on. And so let's talk a little bit about um, the process post-surgery and how someone could recover. Because you brought up the idea of, okay, you have an acute accident. It does require surgery. There's really no ifs, ifs and or buts about it you're going to get surgery. That's what happened um, when I broke my ankle playing flag football years ago. It was, I had a cruise planned the next week and I still wanted to go on the cruise. And they were like, no, you need, you needed surgery yesterday. And you know, we're going to schedule for surgery tomorrow, whatever the next day is. You're not going on the cruise. You got to get a plate in your ankle, you know, full boot, all that stuff. So once that happens, what is the, the next steps from that surgery taking place 
And where are the places that we see our clients kind of dropping the ball or maybe not seeing all the context that we see Mm -hmm. as coaches? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that immediate recovery phase, that immediate need for rest. Your body has gone through a trauma, one, for the injury, two, for the surgery. The surgery Mm -hmm. is usually a big trauma to your body, creating a lot of inflammation, a lot of healing properties happening that need to happen before movement happens. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people try to move too soon. And I, I do see a lot of doctors, depending on the surgery, of course, like promote movement in those. So every single injury and every single surgery is different. Some Mm -hmm. surgeries you go right back into movement because you want to have blood flow and clearing all those things. Some surgeries you need total rest, you need total um, time off. So I don't see people trusting the doctor's advice at that time often. I see people trying to move when they shouldn't or not resting when they should. And that's where people have to understand everybody's scope that's where a good doctor, a good orthopedic, that's their bread and butter. That's where they're the strongest. So yes, like a coach like us, we tend to skew towards movement over rest, but in those situations, that is 100% a doctor's call and they know best because that is, that's where they live mm-hmm. every day. You know, So that, when, when that doctor is telling you something and it's your prescription in your first one to two weeks post-surgery, they know that better than anybody and you want to follow that. Yeah. And it's really hard to rest too. I do sympathize with that. Sitting on the couch, as much as we want to say like, well, we're just going to Netflix and binge watch things. You get bored really quickly. You run out of a show really quickly. You, you immobile is not where we want to be. That's, that's who we are coming into the gym all the time. So it's not comfortable and it's really hard work. Yeah. Um, the next place I see them kind of failing is once they are in that rehab phase, taking that rehab and and really pursuing it, doing Mm -hmm. the full course of rehab, doing that repetitive, slow, mundane work that needs to happen on the road to recovery. Um, I see people doing like 20% of it and they're like, I feel better, therefore Mm -hmm. I'm fixed. And I don't see them following through with that, that scope of, okay, you need to come this many sessions or for insurance reasons or things that that are out of their control a little bit more, maybe doing as much as their insurance pays for, but their prescription is nine months of it, not two months, and they can only afford two, not taking that next step of continuing that stuff to the best of their ability on their own. Yeah, I think the most common places we see people do well and people miss is, I think they tend to do good in the surgery. Obviously the surgery is what it is, it's out of their hands. They do, most people do good with resting in that short window. And then the physical therapy, what I see is a lot of people will participate in physical therapy, but they will they will skimp on it, as you said. And then there's this stage between physical therapy and your full workout routine, which especially if you skimped on your physical therapy, you're missing. But even if you did your full course of physical therapy, let's say you had eight weeks of physical therapy, that gap from week eight to what 100% looks like in the gym again is a still still a huge gap that people don't understand. And generally, the injuries that we're talking about are things that your, your body has essentially created. Like, let's say you tore your rotator cuff. It's, and you didn't, you weren't a, a pitcher who was on the mound who just threw a 100 mile an hour fastball that, oh, oh my God, I tore it on that pitch. You were doing stuff in the gym, had partial tears, had partial tears, partial tears, oh, boom, full tear now. What you need to understand is that the foundation, the context that created that injury hasn't changed. 
So you might make little modifications in the gym, which hopefully you'll do that. But if your movement patterns and your, your strength and flexibility in all the other muscles in your body haven't changed, the, the setting is there, the foundation is there for you to recreate that injury, maybe in the same shoulder or a different shoulder, if you don't do something about it. Yeah, if your posture was always with that <laughs> internal rotation and rounded shoulders, and there's nothing that you did to pull yourself this way, and your tear happens to be from that posture, but you did no corrective work for the underlying thing, it's going to do the same thing. It's going, your, all of your movement patterns going back into the gym are just gonna recreate that on this new surface that you've created in your body, whatever ligaments they've put in or screws or anchors or whatnot. We've seen that a lot with like knee injuries as well, like squat patterns and lunge patterns of, hey, why did, why did I blow out my knee? And how did it happen over such a long amount of time? And, and that's what it is. It's that, it's that movement pattern under a lot of load. You're squatting a lot of weight all the time in our gym with subtle changes in that pattern or imbalances on your femur, on your shins, and, and pulling on that patella in all the different ways. Now, all of a sudden, you have this big injury that wore that down over time. You didn't correct any of the patterns. You just mm -hmm. restructured that joint with new hardware yeah. that hardware is going to break down in that same exact way. You gave it the best fighting chance against that stuff, but it's only a matter of time before that pattern wears this new stuff down. So fixating on how can I be my best in those movements is, is something that people don't instantly think of. They yeah. don't think about it being, not that it's like your fault that you mm -hmm. got injured, but to a certain degree it, it is, you know, like it's, yeah. it's being able to, kind of be humbled by that injury and take those steps back and say, I'm going to work from the ground up while I have this opportunity and view this not as a setback, but as a, a wake up call that something needed to change. Yeah. I think the knee is such a good example of that because if you think about the function of the knee, it really only does one thing. It goes in one direction and then it goes back. It's a very simple joint. And so, and we have a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there that have knee issues. And it's not really related to what's happening at the knee, it's what's happening at the foot, the ankle, the hip, the back, the core, everything else around that upstream and downstream that usually creates a knee issue. And the knee is just kind of the, the red flag or the byproduct of everything else that's going on. So I think it's such a great example for people to understand is like, what else could you really do with that knee to change it? It's probably not the knee. There's other things that we need to strengthen. We talked about the joints. We didn't even talk about the muscles, you know, quad, hamstring, calf, tibialis. So like, what are those muscles doing and are they functioning to the best of their ability to be able to give you the fighting chance with the new, the new knee you just got? Yeah. All that hardware needs to be supported equally or it's being tugged on in certain directions unequally that's going to add up into, you know, load and stressors being in a place that you don't want it. Yeah, so I know this could be confusing for the every, everyday person or maybe overwhelming potentially for the everyday person. So how do we as coaches simplify this? And how do we as coaches get to a root cause of something as opposed to just looking at the symptom, right? You have a knee replacement. Okay, well, how do we understand what may have been the underlying factors that caused that? So one of the tools that we have is a movement assessment that we use where we test ankle mobility, hip mobility in different directions. We test the shoulders, the wrists, everything, and that gives us a much more full picture 
of what someone needs work with. We also do strength balance testing where we can look at you know, a, a squat versus a deadlift or a right leg versus a left leg, right arm versus a left arm to see where those things are that we might have not seen on the surface that are now coming to light of, oh wow, these are probably lending itself to the issues you're finding. Yeah, I think the biggest um, aha moments that I've had with clients that I've coached either post-surgery or post-injury are the strength balances because a lot of them will be full in their range of motion. I'm pending having a surgery, they will be limited. That's really easy to identify and kind of help correct in those ways. Um, but the strength imbalances are usually that thing that was existing before and mm. now have been severely exaggerated. Immediately getting that limb back to equal with the other limb. We had a right knee surgery and that left leg is super strong, untouched, or even maybe strengthened more because they were working out with the injury in a, in a cast or something. And now they have this super strong leg that's only transferred a little bit of that into the other one. Or someone who's been pressing and this shoulder has been bum and waiting for surgery for three months and they've been strengthening this side with only a little crossover into the other limb. Now we have this super strong limb to catch up to. So we are at a deficit almost of now we're creating this, you know, we're reintroducing exercise into the weak side or the weak side. And we have to really start to focus to balance that out or else we're going to have a hip shift when we squat, or we're going to be using a 25 pound dumbbell and a 10, you know, mm -hmm. and really trying to catch up with ourselves. So making sure that not just the patterns are cleaned up, but that strength balance can get level before you're doing bilateral things. Yeah, if you have a unilateral injury and you're not really close to 100% on that side before you start doing bilateral movements, two-sided movements again, you're, you're opening yourself up to a lot of potential issues. And generally, you could end up with kind of a less serious injury causing a more serious injury, meaning a an ankle or knee or shoulder causes a spine or back thing. Mm -hmm. And that's something you definitely don't want to have. Um, anybody who's dealt with back pain knows how debilitating it can be. And sometimes people that have had other injuries, they can be annoying, especially a foot thing because you can't walk, you got to have a boot on or something like that. But they probably don't really fully understand how much worse it could be if you end up with like a back issue instead of a shoulder or knee thing instead. Mm -hmm. A back is just really, really hard. Yeah, and, and that being said too, that shoulder thing could be coming from the back in the first place. Mm -hmm. So if we're not looking at, you know, is your thoracic spine moving and that's why your shoulder's taking all of that load when you're kipping, okay, now we're talking about even further exaggerating into that spine, creating more injury there or potential for injury. Yeah, so, I want to give people maybe a chance to, to understand where we can help and then where, I mean, either way, we'd love, we're, we're happy to refer people out. So that's one of the reasons why we have good relationships with physical therapist Zach and, and uh, you know, we're happy to refer someone to an orthopedic if we feel like it's, hey, it just kind of needs a surgery or you need to get an MRI. Maybe we're not going to say go to an orthopedic, but you got to get an MRI, you got to get an x-ray, something like that, because we just don't, we can't see it filling our scope. Um, but if you're one of those people that fits nicely between this acute and chronic side of things, it, the injury didn't happen yesterday and it's, it's not been uh, debilitating pain for the last eight or 10 years. It's been kind of one of these off and on in, intermittent things. 
then more than likely, you know, we can help. Or if you just came off of a surgery and you haven't gotten yourself back to 100% and you're in this post-physical therapy environment where you're ready to get back to the gym, but you know, especially if you're listening to this episode, you know, okay, I'm probably not really to where I was or I don't want to recreate the first injury that I had from before, then we can definitely help. You yeah. Know? I, I know that there are people that I have referred. Um, I've told them, you need to go see someone. You need imaging. You need a rest period. You know, I, I think you're in like a spasm phase or some type of inflammation phase where we need to get you kind of out of that acute phase of it. Um, even when they're not like an injury, I've had an injury. But there are people who are clearly in that inflammation stage of a tendonitis or something where rest is really important for a coach to prescribe. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, I want people in movement assessments. I want people coming in for free consults and and doing a movement assessment to see maybe it's just a limitation of your ankles or maybe it's a limitation in your hip that's causing that knee to be a chronic thing. Maybe it's your feet. Maybe your feet pronate a little bit. Maybe we should go, you know, find some orthotics to help in that and find some foot exercises. Maybe it's your wrist and your shoulder when you're snatching, you know, who knows what is adding up where. The movement assessment is our free tool to kind of get your lowest hanging fruit. And then we can see, okay, well, if you're full on all these ranges of motion, you have no pain, you have no anything in the ranges of motion. Now we can start spending time doing some strength balance assessments, spend some time doing maybe some directed modifications from a coach where we're assigning you in an app, giving you, okay, this is what your workout looks like today. You're going to go to beach fit on Tuesday. I'm going to write all the modifications for you. So when you show up, you just have to read them off and say, okay, instead of snatching today, I'm doing a single arm kettlebell swing. Instead of, you know, box jumping today, I've got plate step ups or I've got um, an RDL or I've got box hamstring curls. You Mm -hmm. know, that coach is gonna be directing you with what you're gonna be given instead of just showing up and going, ah, my hamstring hurts, I don't wanna box jump, what should I do? And having no plan. Yeah, cool. I think we'll wrap it up there then. Hopefully you guys find this helpful. Again, if you or anyone you know has pain or injuries, um, talk to us. We'd love to help. And again, if we can't help you or don't think we can help you, then we'll refer you to someone that does. But um, if, you've, if you've been cutting things out of your life that, you know, whether it be modifying in class or not taking that ski trip or not doing that activity because of these things and you want to get those things back in your life, we want to help you be able to do it. So don't hesitate to reach out. Andrew at fittown.com or Melissa at fittown.com or just come grab one of the coaches inside the gym. But thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.